what's happening, my friends? Another John Lovell show coming in hot. We're going to talk about Tucker Carlson interviewing Vladimir Putin. It's the very first interview a journalist has had in two years. And so it's an important interview. We're going to talk about what you may have noticed if you saw it and then some stuff that you may have missed. So lots to discuss there. Also, the Super Bowl happened last night. I actually watched some of it and I had a really cool moment that I wanted to share. I hope you didn't miss it. I'm still carrying it with me this morning. It's a big deal. There's a lot of bad going on. There's a lot of negative stuff. And I'm going to say some negative stuff as well. But this one thing is something I'd love to be able to link arm in arm with you and just celebrate for a moment. Uh, Amidst all the rain clouds that are mounting on the horizon, all the bad news, it's so good when we can find something wonderful. But speaking of rain clouds, Joe Biden's cognitive decline. We're going to talk about Hamas tunnels found under a U.N. building in Gaza. That's a really big deal. We're going to talk about a shooting that happened recently that was a win for the good guys. So we have a celebration there and a bunch of react videos, all that and more. We're getting going, guys. John Level Show. Here we go. This episode is distressing, and uh, we go down some pretty scary rabbit trails uh, and say some pretty alarming things. Based on the data, I'm making, I think, very good educated guesses, and those guesses, uh, which many of you would just call obvious facts, will not be welcome on YouTube. Uh, To that effect, certain sections of this episode have been edited out completely. I am sorry. Some of you will hate that. You'll recoil at that. Uh, And I hate it more than you do. But be that as it may, it is the right call. If you want the full unedited episode, you got to check out watchwpsn.com. That's watchwpsn.com. That's a good way for you to support us. And you can get more behind the safety of our paywall. You'll be able to see uh, the uncensored version of this. You're still going to get good stuff here on YouTube. We're going to bring it right up to the line. So lots of good stuff. And uh, disclaimer's over. I think we're good. Here we go. So Tucker Carlson has interviewed Vladimir Putin. It's the very first journalistic interview that's happened with Putin in a couple years. I don't need to impress upon you how big of a deal this interview is. Now, big media went nuts over this. They're already priming us before the interview happened to, hey, This shouldn't happen. It's outrageous that he would even sit down with Putin, ignoring the fact that other journalists have done it over the years, time and time again. Maybe they're just upset that they didn't get the interview, but they already hating Tucker, hating Putin, ready to just dismiss the entire thing and urging people not to watch. It shouldn't happen in the first place, which is amazing how much the journalists were against journalism. That's the job. It's not to craft a narrative. It's just to, hey, report. It's ask questions, hand them a microphone, and let them speak. That's part of what journalism is. It's not activism. It's just giving you the news, right? And so Tucker wanting to do that was immediately met by big opposition, and that's a clue for you and I. Now, I had a lot of observations as I listened to the entirety of the interview. It's over two hours. I was taking notes. What were my reactions? What are some things that I noticed? Uh, One thing right off the rip is... uh, Putin came in clearly with an agenda. He wanted to give the entire backstory, and man, it was a huge backstory. He's going to go back to like 8th century Russia, and he's going to 
do this huge history lesson. Tucker had no interest in going through this. He wanted current events, just like you and I. I'm like, no, I want to talk about Ukraine war and stopping it right now. How do we do that? Putin wasn't having any of it. And so really he dominated the very first 30 minutes and really the very first hour. It was clear Putin had an axe to grind. He wanted to justify his response, Russia's response as well, and really give backstory, give the context that he was sitting in. So that's exactly what he did. Now, I noticed in the latter part of the interview, after he had said his piece, it really became far more of a two-way. Tucker would ask questions, and Putin, like a master in chess, is going to answer those questions, whereas in the first part of the interview, he's not answering any questions. He's not going to let Tucker change the subject. It's like, nope, he was dog with a bone, he was on point, and he was going to say his piece about the background, the history, the context of Russia as it relates to Ukraine. After that, though, I did see them get into more of a two-way discussion, and that was, I would say, revealing. Now, some of you may be jumping the gun. John, do you trust Putin? Do you, do you actually think there's something to glean here? I'm like, well, I, I don't trust Putin. I don't trust the media. I, I really just don't trust much of anyone uh, out there with institutional power anymore, which is a, a terrible thing to say. I hate saying that. How do you just not trust anybody? But that's that's actually a very popular public uh, public sentiment nowadays. I've done a couple polls recently on Twitter. I'm going to get to those, and it should underscore just how bad you and I's faith has become in some of our institutions of power, particularly the media. Really bad. Anyway, jumping in, what I noticed was Putin was extremely careful with his words. Uh, he he was. Um, Sometimes he was asked a question, and I know he knew the answer, but he would say, I don't know. I, I, who knows? Uh, he was also, he wouldn't kiss and tell. So if he talked to a world leader before about something, even if it was one of our leaders and was directly asked, he's like, you need to ask him about that. He's not going to say that. It seemed like Putin wanted to air a certain amount of our dirty laundry, uh, but not copious amounts. And I wondered why is that? Why not just throw us under the bus? Because the American people are poised and ready, angry with our leaders. Why not just put more fuel on the fire? And I think he was playing a very delicate chess match there. Uh, he wanted to clear his own name so that he would be perceived as a good leader and a better leader than ours. He, he really came off kind of as a gentleman in some ways. He doesn't want to use harsh language. He doesn't want to kind of kiss and tell and reveal any deeper secrets. Now, I think this is optics. This is a smart man, uh, incredibly sharp. That came out in the interview. He is playing chess. He, he understands propaganda. He understands optics. He understands, as a former KGB agent, this guy's no fool. And I think... Uh, he is hated by uh, uh, all of our American leadership, obviously, the American people, our media, and our intelligence agencies. And what stood out to me is it's really the intelligence agencies that he had probably the most reverence for in terms of respect. Obviously, he doesn't like them, but it seemed to me that to Putin, the intelligence agencies uh, were really the ones that were pulling the strings. And that's something I want to center on. But not wanting to go too much into that, it seemed like he didn't want to draw any more wrath uh, on himself. You know, he, he wants to win his conflict with Ukraine. America's involved. He really just wants us to withdraw so that he can settle this dispute 
and not invite more U.S. aggression. He's already dealing with a lot of uh, U.S. support. He wants to curtail that. So I noticed he was careful to, while while definitely firing shots over our bow, by definitely airing some of our dirty laundry, not wanting to do so to upset us any more than we already were. You know, John, at one point in his interview, he says, he, you know, he really t- he doubles down on that line. He's like, you know, why do you guys care? You're so far away. Don't you have your other your own problems? There's a good five minute, you know, bit of that interview. Where he's like, you guys, you're way in debt. What is it that you should be caring about, little Russia? What it does with Ukraine? You guys have your own issues, right? You know, that's I, that's that. I think is what he's alluding to. And I still haven't gotten a real clear answer on that. What is it that we have to spend? wild, unfathomable amount of wealth. Why are we pouring that into the Ukraine and meanwhile doing nothing on our southern border? Why do we care so much about Ukraine's border and not about our own border? Uh, the wild, erroneous duplicity uh, uh, of this miss is lost on me. And I, I don't know of like, he says that, and I know I'm supposed to hate Putin and I'm supposed to know everything he's saying is a lie. But when asked that honest question, I can't really get a straight answer. It's just, nope, we need to give everything we have to Ukraine, you know, give them more money, more money, more money, more money. And if you don't, then you're evil. And I don't understand what in the world, why do we have such a dog in this fight? Now, I do think, uh, in, the interview didn't introduce this to me, so it's not like Putin is feeding me information and I'm I'm adopting Putin as a trusted source. I don't trust Putin, but something some things he said struck a chord because it is resonating with what we have already come to believe, that our leaders are not going to let Russia have Ukraine any more than our leaders are going to let Russia have South Carolina or Nevada. Uh, no, I think Ukraine— has for a long time, or at least since 2014, been a U.S.-controlled territory. Uh, and more and more, I'm coming under the impression that the U.S., from the shadows, rules all kinds of different countries through pressure, sanctions, uh, bullying, uh, manipulation. Uh, uh, through the American dollar. There, this, is, this is where Putin also had a big beef with the American dollar. He yeah. thought that was our most powerful international weapon was utilizing that, leveraging that. All right. And, and so that stands out not because it's revelatory. It, this isn't something shocking and new. This is something we've always kind of known. Nobody's saying it out loud, but once somebody finally does, whether it's an ally or an enemy, it confirms what you already knew in your gut and what makes sense of it. Why do we care so much about Ukraine? It's because Ukraine is America. And it has been for a long time. It's our money laundering capital now. Uh, now, I don't know that for sure. I'm a guy. I'm a regular guy. I'm like you. Uh, I, I don't have the red phone in the circle of trust, but I, I'm trusting with, with the fall of big media, uh, with the betrayal of my own leaders, I am left to really fend for myself in finding truth. And I trust my eyes and I trust my ears. I trust my gut. I trust my own mind. I trust what I see from the rise of citizen journalists everywhere and and folks that are extremely smart. And we're all putting these puzzle pieces together. And that's the only thing that really makes sense to me is our leaders view the Ukraine as U.S. territory. And that's the way that you control Russia. That's where we stage to be able to crush them underfoot and keep them in check. That's our money laundering operation. And it's a military base for us. 
uh, and that's a way to cut uh, essential resources and um, access to key terrain and water bodies away from Russia. And so that's what it looks like. And apart from that idea, I can't fathom why we're, we're spending so much time and energy and lives and money in Ukraine. You got any ideas? I still haven't heard a good explanation for this, which is amazing that we put so much time and money and effort into this place that Americans, almost very few Americans even could find it on a blanked out globe if asked to a couple years ago. And now it's like, this is everything. Send all your tax money to Ukraine and print it until inflation makes it so cost prohibitive. Uh, now uh, your salary, which used to be able to pay your bills, can't. Why? Because we're printing money like mad and we're funding to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars a foreign proxy war. Uh, mm. Benjamin. Tucker asks, asks Putin a very uh, direct question. He says, do you have expansionist um, dreams? And, you know, and this is ugh, talk about the FSB agent coming out here. You know, Vlad looks back at Tucker and says, no, 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 uh, we, we don't we don't have an ex expansionist. We don't want to. We just want what's ours. You know, we're we don't we are not looking to expand beyond Ukraine. We're not looking to go into Poland or anything like that. I mean, and the question is, is do you really believe uh, Vlad, when he says that he has no intention to expand in Europe, that he has no intention or not. I actually had a really hard time believing him there because Russia has shown its past that they absolutely will take what they can. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, part of it, you could say that we're, we're spending a lot of treasure over there is to kind of tamper down Russian expansion efforts. But like, I mean, on the military front, I mean, we, we, we're not completely plugged into the warfare on the ground there in Ukraine, but it, it has been shocking to me and maybe to you to see over the last year uh, the state of Russia's military is not top-notch. Yeah, and so um, maybe they'll just focus on one, and that's Ukraine. Uh, and, and, hey, and, and that's the breadbasket of the world. I mean, there's a three, uh, they're number three in the world for a grain production in, in the entire world. So, I mean, lo lo money laundering capital and also grain producing capital. And so there's there's big reasons. Are they right that there. high for grain? Really? Yeah, they absolutely are. And so that's that's pretty wild. So th the issue of do you trust Putin? It's kind of like with this, I think you can get some information. Uh, yeah. It can confirm some stuff, but also yeah. be extremely careful. Uh, now, uh, for fun, right before we went on for this show, I, I took to Twitter. Follow us, uh, Twitter. It's John Level 275. Uh, so on Twitter, I ran a poll. Ben, I told you I was going to run this yeah, poll. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. here it is. Which source of information do you trust more? Putin in the TCN, Tucker Carlson Network interview. So Putin in yeah. that interview or CNN. Which source do you trust more? Now, people suck at critical thinking. So some, some folks out there on Twitter read that as to say, ah, well, if you, whichever one you choose then the other one that means you trust i'm like no the question was which one do you trust more to clarify what the question is and isn't asking it's not who do you trust yeah. but who do you trust more in other words who's the biggest liar here are two bad <laughs> options which of the two would you go with though? that's correct so what what do you think? Who's the this biggest is, Who's the biggest look, liar? Look, here's this is this is the this is just a terribly hard poll because um, on one I don't hand, think it's hard. Look, right, right, but here's here's the deal. Like they're they're both rubbish. So the the thing that's tough is when you watch that interview, Vlad speaks with a conviction that 
that you can't help but think, man, he's winning me over with his conviction. CNN has zero conviction, in my opinion. But the problem is, is that, man, I'm not going to put my money behind a dictator in Russia. So, of course, I'm going to say that I trust CNN more than Vlad uh, the Destroyer in Russia. And Vlad the Destroyer. And, and, and I guarantee you that's what the poll results are going to say. That probably more people said CNN. They, 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 and they hit the button for CNN. Am I right? Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan's our editor. He's, he's behind the camera. Uh, what do you think? All right, uh, so the room is split here, 50-50. I want to know from you guys as well, which one? Uh, out of 1,000 people, I did a screenshot at 998 votes, 96% of them, that's 960 yeah. of them said they trusted Putin more oh. than CNN. That means only out of 1,000, only 40 people said they trusted CNN more. That is a devastating oh poll. I'm absorbing that, that. is wild to show that, that. And it doesn't mean that 960 people trust Putin. Nope. Of like, no, he's going to say some, oh, wow. he's going to say some true stuff. He's going to say some bad stuff, but yeah. holy cow. Yeah. The bro's a murderer. That guy's a straight up murderer. Sure. You know? Sure. Sure. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but what I gleaned from that is, wow, there is no public trust. There is yep. no public trust for that level of distrust in one of the bigger media organizations, that is telling that big media is dead. It is dead. And, and, and you got to have a certain amount of despising of it, some vitriol uh, with those who are lying to you so heinously. I'm just shocked by the lopsidedness of it. I was not expecting you to say 96%. This, That's su crazy. This surprised me as well. I, I, I guess in my heart of hearts, I thought... Uh, Putin, maybe 70%, 30% CNN, but 96 to four. You know, John, it might also have been, you know, you asking that poll off the week that Biden just had to like, uh, you know, where Vlad goes into a 30 minute dissection of, you know, the, the world's history, starting with Adam and Eve and the apple to a Ukraine being created, <laughs> you know, and then, and then Biden spends 30 seconds off teleprompter and it's a train wreck, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, you look at Putin, you're like, well, that guy can really, he knows what he's saying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that influenced it a bit, but that's crazy lopsided. Yeah. Another thing from the Putin interview, um, he tacitly remarked that our presidents weren't really in charge and hadn't been for a while. He cited back to multiple presidents that he has been interacting with, uh, even back to the Bush administration. Uh, one of the Bushes he was a friend with, you know, he, he had a certain amount of respect for his uh, wherewithal, his knowledge or whatever, whether that's true or not is really irrelevant. But Putin claims that they'd come to some kind of deal, uh, some kind of understanding, and then Bush would talk with some of his, I don't know, intelligence agencies Apparatus. and whatnot, mm -hmm. so, some, some folks, and then he'd come back and say, oh, actually, we're not going with that. And so Putin uh, began to believe that our presidents weren't actually running things. Now, this is reinforced by the fact that Biden and Putin are not talking and haven't for a couple years. I thought that was fascinating. And when Tucker's like, hey, you know, like your main opposition in the war you're fighting, Joe Biden, you're not talking with him? How are you not talking with him? That's outrageous. And, you know, Putin's answer, uh, coupled with the idea of past presidents saying things but then not being able to deliver on it, and then all of his run-ins with our intelligence agencies that are in in his mind, staging coups, setting up puppet leaders like 
Zelensky and blowing up oil pipelines. He charged the CIA with blowing up uh, the Nordstrom pipeline, going to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and blowing that up, recognizing, no, we had the interest to do it and we had the ability to do it. And very, very few people would be able to pull something like that off. It's not like a, a, yeah. a few a few juveniles on the border set some fu- firecrackers and bottle rockets under it. If I know that this is this is a very involved and sophisticated kind of operation. And he claims that we did that. And so I don't know of like, there, there's a lot of shady business of like, uh, you know, people aren't super pumped about the CIA, JFK assassinations and whatnot. JFK would say, I will shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces. And then we immediately saw what happened to him. Certain levels of national espionage should take a, a degree of sophistication. And, and like, I, I had really not thought about the Nord Stream thing. Like, for me, I always kind of thought it was like, you know, just a pipe like laying at the bottom of a lake. That is like yeah. the, the last thing it is. It is a large pipe sitting at the bottom of an ocean. And uh, so to have the wherewithal to do that is, is a significant lift. And we have actually, of, of this date, we actually have, almost, we have zero answers yeah. uh, as to what really happened with that, which is oh. just... And Putin brought up some good points and some good questions. And that would be of like, hey, that would mean that the CIA is really controlling much of the world's energy supply. And if you're controlling energy and if you're controlling money and if you're placing presidents and if you're controlling active administrations or at least heavily influencing them. um, Well, that means that the people that we think are in charge aren't really in charge. You know, and this is why what Putin probably did not put much of an emphasis on chatting with Biden because he's not the real player. He, yeah, Biden's a puppet and yeah. everyone knows it. And so even our news sources, when they come out of Biden says this and Biden would have like Biden has been irrelevant since the day he took office. Completely irrelevant. Biden is in charge of nothing. I don't think he chooses his own ice cream flavor. I'd, maybe, maybe oh, that God. is the own. He only, chooses his vanilla. All right, I, I overstepped. I went too far. <laughs> that is the only thing he chooses. He chooses nothing else. His administration is in charge, whoever those people are. They are in charge. He is not. And uh, Putin kind of laughed off the idea of even meeting with Biden. What would be the point? I don't think he's interested in taking care of a very senile old man with early onset dementia uh, in assisted living. Uh, it's in the White House of all places, but assisted living. Uh, It was very embarrassing to see the sharp wit of a powerful leader like Putin, who loved his country, contrasted with our puppets uh, that are bought out, that are commanded, uh, that are controlled uh, to befall people and scapegoats for the horrible policies they push through. And after those policies are pushed through, they'll find somebody else. They'll, they'll keep them in, on the chopping block as long as we'll put them up with it, and then they'll get somebody new. But it was always from the shadows that all this stuff was, was put forth. And, and it's not them that are going to become castigated and hated and attacked. It's just the puppets. And that, I think, is a lot of our elected officials. Holy cow. What has happened to my country? What has happened to my country that I would be saying such things um, and believe them? Because, um, man, wow, I would not be one that would ever arrive at something like this unless the data ag- absolutely forced me to. I can't come to any other logical conclusions than this. Uh, and once you say it all out loud, it's like, man, 
you believe all that? And I'm like, I have no choice. I don't want to believe that. Uh, but a thinking man has no choice. Uh, given the, the preponderance of evidence and data, I make no sense of the world and my country and my place in it without coming to these conclusions. Someone offer me better conclusions. I hate my conclusions. I don't want to believe them. They're dangerous. It means that I am, uh, I, it means that I am sitting on a chessboard losing to a player I cannot see, seeing checkmate coming. And that is a very, very upsetting thing for me to uh, be able to admit. I don't want to believe the things that I'm saying. I don't want to believe that. So interesting, another Twitter poll that I ran, and it follows up on the, the question that we were just asking of like, who's really running the country as Tucker Carlson uh, asked Putin. And so I, I went to Twitter. Who is Oz, the great and terrible? Wizard of Oz is I'm Oz, yeah. the great and terrible. Yeah. Uh, who is Oz? What sort of men are really pulling the levers behind the world's curtain? If you didn't see this poll, you get to participate in it now. So go ahead uh, and be ready to choose one of these three options. Who's really pulling the levers of the world? Is it one billionaire globalists? Really, really rich people, very, very powerful people. It's the billionaires. It's the wealthiest of the wealthy. Is it that one? Or is it two, presidents and dictators? Or is it three, intelligence agencies? Uh, Benjamin, what do you think? I'm going to put my money behind uh, billionaire globalists. I think that they have the capital to move the needle in multiple spheres. And so I would say that it's it's more the Klaus, the Klaus Schwab's and uh, the summit people that are ultimately on, on the macro level doing doing the, the, the worst damage. Very That's my good. Guess. Uh, our audience would agree with you. We had 2,300 people vote. Yeah. Uh, here's the results, guys, on screen. 64% said billionaire globalists mm. were in charge. Now, look at this. Presidents, 2%. Out of 2,300 people that participated in this survey, some of them who follow us and some who don't follow us, yeah. uh, only 2% thought presidents and dictators ruled the world. You know, and that's— what? Hold on, but what— what that that perfectly underscores that the the crazy things I'm saying mm -hmm. when people people secretly plug into these polls they know puppets are are uh, installed as our leaders that's what's happening the majority of the people out there uh, that are that are coming across my posts and it's not just people in our community I have lots of trolls that despise us mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems like left and right seem to all kind of becoming. Uh, to grips on that horrible thought. You know what's fascinating? It just jumped in my mind. The social Marxists in America here, they, they would flip-flop that. They are convinced that the biggest threat is, is presidential dictatorism through, like, Trump, right? That's what you hear nonstop through the mainstream media. They never take the task, the intelligence agencies. They never take the task, the billionaire globalists. They, they pick what, according to this audience, was the smallest thing, and they try to prop that up yeah. as the biggest thing. I think that's part of the and, clue for they're trying to take a minor thing. Yep, and really. they're all going out of business. Mm, they're all yeah. going out of business because we know, yeah, you're not, of course you're not going to say it. You're not going to tell on mom and dad. Mm -hmm. You're not going to turn on boss, your yeah. sponsors. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here, here's uh, the last piece of the poll. 34% said intelligence agencies. I'm surprised that people said that. Uh, to that, 34%, that, that's a 
That's a big chunk. That's over a third of people think intelligence agencies. Uh, what may be uh, very likely and, and most likely a certainty is in our intelligence agencies and other intelligence agencies around the world are cooperating with billionaire globalists. Uh, I think the billionaire globalists would love to just be in charge and have no intelligence agencies, but I think the intelligence agencies are able to get their hooks in many globalist billionaires and be able to use them as assets. This is exactly what we saw with Epstein. Mm. Epstein was a billionaire, billionaire, huge. And we also know he's intelligence agencies' assets, which is probably used to get dirt on other world leaders, specifically our world leaders. Uh, now, we know government, deep state intelligence agencies are in charge of some of this, and they're running this racket because we never got a client list. If the billionaire globalists were really the existential threat and they were really in charge and not our intelligence agencies, we would have got the list. But no, that those are, those are intelligence agency assets. That's oh. why our government agencies are not going to give it over. Yeah, that's It's because the guards uh, rule the jailhouse now. They're in charge. Uh, and so, and what I saw was Epstein uh, was controlled by intelligence agencies. And so that is a horrible thing to say. It's hard to come to another logical conclusion. Just looking at the simple data in front of us, give me a different theory. Give me a different hypothesis because I would actually like to believe something different. I don't want, again, I find myself not wanting to believe what I just said, but I can't come. These are my variables. I don't want the equation to equal what it is, but each time I run it, this is what I come up with. So please give me a better theory. I know the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, I'd like to spend a weekend with you unpacking what you just said. I mean, I, I, and, and, hey, I'm speculating. <laughs> I'm speculating. I, mean, I, I don't know. Look, look, I, I, I would like to think that they're actually those two parties are much more antagonistic towards each other. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would I would think that they would be rivals of each other and that one, given the chance, would execute the other if given the chance. Well, I think the billionaires would love to shrug off the intelligence agencies and just rule. Uh, mm. But the intelligence agencies can run interference, but it's with some big strings. That's just what I would assume. Yep. Uh, uh, but I think the intelligence agencies certainly don't want to get rid of the billionaire globalist. No, intelligence agencies want assets, and the more powerful, the better. Interesting. Yeah, so, that's interesting. No, you, you're you're now my club that I can exert my dominance and power across world governments to do our bidding. Um, and so, uh, okay. no, one would want the other for sure. The other wouldn't would want, want the former. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, former. So, um, all but, right. So you bring me back. For but, I don't know. That's just yeah. the nature of how intelligence <laughs> agencies would work. You know, de facto, how they function is to develop and utilize assets. Uh, and so that's what they would do. That's what Epstein was. Uh, and why don't we have the client list? Give me a better theory than the one that I had already postulated. Uh, by the way, there isn't one. It just isn't one. Uh, and that's upsetting. Um, another thing that I noticed is the viewership of Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin. Uh, now, in the very first, I think, 24 hours, somewhere around there, he hit 100 million views. 100 million. In three days, he had reached 200 million views. Wow. So to put this in context, I think Fox News pulls in something like 2 million views a night, uh, plus or minus, on a given night. CNN is less than a million. 
uh, 500,000. They're playing like hotels and airports where they have contracts where they got to play CNN. Uh, and uh, nobody's actually even watching that. They're just looking for their flight. Uh, and so I, I was just in a hotel in California. There's CNN playing, really upsetting and disturbing stuff. And nobody seemed to be watching it. And I'm like, yep, there's, That's there's good. CNN. Good uh, the views they get, people are barely even tuning in. Uh, so uh, CNN, maybe they're pulling 500,000 views in a night, may, maybe a million compared to Tucker's 100 million. Then you, you see folks take to Twitter, and they will crush. Daily Wire has been uh, every day crushing CNN uh, in just normal analytics. They've been doing it for years, yet they'll never trend on YouTube. They'll, they'll never be put forth as, oh, here's the content that people want to see. Nope. They'll continue to, whenever you do a search in the internet, they serve up, MSNBC, they'll serve up CNN, NPR, all these dying entities that are just propaganda outlets, and everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Uh, Yet big tech is running interference. And I wonder how much the intelligence agencies have in this. Remember the Twitter files, which revealed absolutely that government was working to suppress certain ideological views and boost others. That's and, what the Twitter files say, and that's what we see in our analytics as well. Yeah, and, and this is why uh, uh, Tucker's interview on, on Twitter X has 200 million views, and like he's not even on YouTube, because the, the deep state has been kicked out of Twitter, but it's still very much active on Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and TikTok, right? And that's why there's no movement there at all. Absolutely. One of the last things I want to cover is one of the most important And that's Tucker looks at Putin of like, hey, how do we stop this war? How does this come to an end? What would it take for you to just stop attacking in the war right now? You you could do that. And Putin really seemed to kick it over to us. And this is no shocking revelation of like, hey, stop providing support to Ukraine and the war will end. I'm not the one perpetrating this war. You guys are. Uh, and so that I think that that's a, a generally fair assessment of Putin's position. Now, what that I think means is, hey, stop giving all this money, this weaponry, stop providing all this support and propping Ukraine up, withdraw and the war will end. But I think that means withdraw so we can kick Ukraine's tail, get what we wanted, and then the war will be over. So yeah. uh, there there was from the interview, there was no real path forward. There's there's no path forward there. And so we we didn't end up any better than we were. And it's not that Tucker was there with any support of the government to broker as an ambassador some kind of resolution. That was far outside the scope. His job is to point a microphone, ask him questions, and report the news. That's his journalistic uh, duty. And that's exactly what he did. But what we can see from the interview is Ukraine stuff is going to keep on rolling. All right, we're going to shift and talk Super Bowl, uh, Biden Fitness, UN, uh, and the Hamas Tunnel Network that was apparently underneath its own building and didn't know about it for ages. We have all kinds of reacts, hot topics, but I want to say goodbye to those listening in. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. If you want the full show, we got a whole bunch of stuff. You don't want to miss it. Check out WatchWPSN.com. That's WatchWPSN.com. There you can sign up 
Uh, you'll get this show, a whole bunch of other shows, all of our classes, and you'll be able to watch it through an app. So sign up at watchwpsn.com, download the app wherever, and easy streaming. Really appreciate the support.